When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is views from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a much more fun edition of the Views from Midstream podcast. Yes, indeed, it turns out, and we have now done the scientific analysis that we have more fun doing this when we're coming off of a W and the folks are praising the Panthers all around the Carolinas because a final score of 22-14, who dat, we dat, as the Panthers knock off the NFC South rival Division Saints, uh, excuse me, NFC Southern Division. I'm so excited I can't talk. 22-14, your final score in week three. The nine-game losing streak is over. The we haven't won a home game in a calendar year is over. And we're now undefeated in divisional play, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to the Views from Mint Street podcast, available where major podcasts are found. My name is Rob Brown, the host of the Rob Brown Show here in Greenville, South Carolina. And joining me, of course, as he does for every single episode, on vacation and shows up to work anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel here as well. What's up, big fella? You know, you got to show up after a win, a victory. You say everyone's excited. Yes, we're excited to win. The streak's over. Matt Rule is probably more excited than anybody that the streak is over. Uh, Got some questions about Baker Mayfield, though. I'm sure we're going to address those during the podcast. We sure are. But I wanted to to start with this question. Uh, I was at the game on Sunday. And I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine about the game on Sunday at halftime. And and obviously the future of Matt rule has been and remains the big conversation about an hour and a half before kickoff on Sunday Ian Rappaport dropped a story where sources inside of the organization told Rappaport and sources he trusts enough to run with that David Tepper was planning on taking a very cautious, very methodical, very slow pace of action with Matt Rule, that he effectively trusts the process, so to speak. And I was talking to some Panthers fans, and I asked them, if I told you that the Panthers were going to go 0-5 down the next stretch, but Matt Rule would be fired after that 0-5, would you be good with that? And a surprising percentage of the Panther fans that I talked to at the game on Sunday said, yes, I would trade an 0-7 or 0-8 start to get Matt Rule gone. Now, juxtaposition. When that game was over on Sunday, Robbie Anderson and a handful of offensive players for the Panthers took a game ball, ran it immediately over, and delivered it to Matt Rule. The players wanted Matt Rule 
to get the game ball. So my question here for you, Zoe, and those of you out there listening to our podcast, question is, while the fans for a year and a half been, have been chanting fire Matt rule, this is a, at least to me, pretty obvious sign that the Panthers fans are still bought in. The Panthers fan are still very much on board with Matt rule, uh, Panther player, pardon me, still very much on board with Matt rule. There's no other reason you sprint a game ball over to the guy after his first W in 10 attempts, knowing what we know. And again, there's, there's no quotes that went along with this. There's no speaking out from players that went along with this, but, that's pretty much the only conclusion that I could come up with, though, knowing that the players immediately went to celebrate with Matt Rule and bestow upon him the greatest honor that can be bestowed upon a player or coach after a game, the presentation of the game ball, knowing that it certainly looks like the players are still very much on team Matt Rule. Zoe, does that change your stance on Matt Rule and his tenure with the program? All right, so from the beginning on on our show, on the Fan Upstate, I've been saying that I thought Tepper had some patience. I know in our last podcast I thought he would be gone if he lost this game. I still think that was the case because of possible fan outcry. But it's a big deal that they took that game ball over to him because what it's saying is we don't want this guy gone. So if you're upset with losing to the point that you believe that it's the coach's fault that you're losing – you don't take the game ball over there. You don't. You just you just take the W and you walk on uh, to the locker room. But but the fact that they took the game ball over that is a very big deal. I got to say I'm a little bit surprised by that. Um, that just means that it would seem that Matt Rule has the players. And as I think about it, you know, usually on a, a losing streak like this from a team, you start hearing some you know static some sources from inside the team, players are saying this, players are saying that. Do you recall hearing that? Not particularly, to be honest. I I don't think we've really heard much from the players about Matt Rule uh, at all, to be honest with you. And and, and I kind of had the same reaction when – that report started dropping that they, they, that Robbie Anderson specifically, one of the leaders of the team, a company with some other players gave the game ball to Matt rule. I was kind of taken aback by that, not in like a negative way, but, but, but in a way that I was a little shocked, a little surprised, right? Because despite the fact that, and that's an excellent point, despite the fact that we really have not heard a lot of players speaking out pro or against Matt rule, that is, that's like the old ultimate symbolism, right? Like that's the ultimate sign of respect is to give a cat a game ball. It means what you did today uh, was special. What you did today is worth remembering. And that's what that game ball is for. I was a little surprised, not disappointed, but surprised that the offensive leaders immediately were like, yo, coach needs this one, right? Like coach needs this because if nothing else though, it kind of feels like a pump the ego back up moment, right? Like it kind of feels like they're going to coach and going, coach, we know it's been, we know it's been a struggle, but we want you to remember this win. So here's that memento. It just kind of took me back a little bit. All right. So I, I picture him placing this on the pedestal next to all his bowling trophies. Cause we know, we know, we know Matt rule has got a bunch of bowling trophies. We could tell 
He wears a bowling shirt on the weekends, does some bowling or during the week because he's busy on the weekends. So he's got that on the mantle. No, it's got, it's got to make him feel good. It absolutely does. But in the end, you get back on the uh, to the drawing board and look to next week because that's just one. You lose the next one and all that uh, stuff that you've gained this week saying we're this close, we're this close. And they were that close. I mean, they lost by a couple of field goals. And now you've got a victory and it's a conference victory. That that has to be sweet. Not just have a victory, right? You're two and one. You lost one game by two. You lost the other game by one. Both of them 50-plus yard field goals. Again, we've talked about the, the philosophy behind that of, to me, uh, by going, oh, we only lost by a field goal, kind of ignores all the things that could have gone right to where it wouldn't have come down to a field goal. That's the that's that's in the past for right now. We're celebrating the win. But I do think it is important to acknowledge that this team, specifically defensively, and we'll get into that here in a minute, specifically defensively, from where I was sitting, this team had fight, this team had heart, this team had juice, this team was 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 hitting on all cylinders. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And a team that is given up on a head coach does not do that, right? They go through the motions. They run their routes. If something good happens, great. And if something bad happens, whatever. This team, especially on the defensive side of the football, Lonzo, looked absolutely juiced. There was energy. There was excitement. There was a fighting spirit about this team. Even when the offense wasn't running well, right? Because you you, you go back. And you look at the fact that through the first quarter, you had the uh, fumble return of Alvin Kamara for a touchdown. Outside of that, the offense didn't really do a heck of a lot, but they were fighting. They were pushing. They were blocking. They kept the New uh, New Orleans Saints defensive line almost completely at bay. Uh, They opened up the field for the run game and McCaffrey to go get his 25 carries for 108 yards. This team looked like they were, pardon the elementary level of verbiage here, trying. And a team that is given up on their head coach does not do that, Zoe. I'll just, just, hey, look, they're trying. You know, that's something that you should never have to say about a professional football team. Hey, look, they're trying, but you're right. But they were trying the first couple games. And they finally, I I think New Orleans was was the the fix for what ailed them. I I mean, coming in, the fact that, you know, uh, Jameis Winston was – inept because of injury and other things, but more so because the defense was getting pressure on him. They didn't have anywhere to go or anywhere to throw. Uh, this defense was good last year. It's starting to look like it might be better this year. Well, and, and that's interesting because last year, last year the defense looked good and then they'd have games they did not, right? Like they'd, ha- they'd have a game where they looked exceptional and then they'd have a game where they yeah, were. And, and now it's just, it's just a couple series. Now the couple series yep. cost them the first couple games. They could find a way to to buckle down and not have those series because they had that in this game too. If they can find a way to get past those series and be consistent for four quarters, look out. 
I think you're spot on, but I think the other aspect, I mean, obviously the Saints had that one touchdown drive that ended with the Mark Ingram touchdown run, and that one kind of tightened it up a little more than we'd like. But I, I think the the flip side of that argument's got to be it's the National Football League. The worst offenses in the league are going to have some touchdown drives where they look like they know what they're doing. The defense has got to, and I assume that they were in the locker room today, looking at the offense and going, you guys got to uphold your end of the bargain, right? Like you guys have got to pitch in on this. The defense put up the first seven after that fumble return for a touchdown in the stadium. It never really felt like the saints were, you know, in in most NFL games, it always feels like one team is one snap away, just one big play. And it goes back to the game being in flux. It didn't feel that way in this one. In this one, it, it, it genuinely felt like Carolina was well in control of this football game. And that was because of the defense. But I've got to imagine the defense has got to be looking at the offense and going, look, one more good drive against Cleveland. We get a win. One more good drive against New York. We get just one. One more good drive. We get a win. Uh, you know, obviously, it, it would have taken a lot more for New Orleans to get back. But I also know in the fourth quarter, Carolina could have, should have, would have been up another score or two over New Orleans. I got to imagine the defense is looking at the offense right now and going, if you guys can pull it together, we're a good football team at this point. I think more so they're saying, if you guys can get it in the end zone, because you can get it down to the red zone, and then once you get it down there, you stall out. And I think as a question for that is, why are they stalling out? Is it the quarterback, or is it the play calling, or is it a combination of the two? Uh, and I think it's a fair question. And I think it's absolutely we are we we are absolutely going to address that question coming up here in a little while from now. But before we get into the X's and O's, uh, I, and I know we've kind of already done it, but I wanted to hit on this real quick. Panthers fans, if you see a member of that defense rolling around Charlotte, give them the high five, give them the fist bump, because that defense was something else, man. They were something else this weekend. Flying around, you know, you know blowing up the Saints' offensive line, especially Frankie Louvu. That dude is that dude is coming on, and you can watch that Haynes return over and over again. That dude was flying for 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 a big dude picking up that fumble and and running that in. That was that was beautiful. I would say it bring a tear to someone's eyes, but not maybe <laughs> not maybe not. But but it was beautiful. It was the, 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 the front seven specifically of Carolina. I'm going to tell you this, like the saints offensive line is not as good as they were a few years back, but they're still a top half of the league offensive line, statistically speaking. And they got owned by the Carolina front seven. I mean, owned by the front seven. And I will tell you, you know, we talked about play calling. I think that despite all the criticism he has taken, and I think some of it warranted, Phil Snow and co called a fantastic game defensively. There were blitzes. There was pressure. It was creative. It was inventive. And at the end of the day, so very early in that game injuries, regardless, the saints went with Jameis Winston. Jameis was getting knocked on the rear end multiple times in that game. And once he started to get a little trigger shy, once he started to know that those hits were coming and more importantly, that they were coming from every different gap and spot around the offensive line. Jameis Winston never got comfortable in that offense. And while they did have a big day out of Chris Olave, 
there wasn't really anybody else that was able to bail him out in situations. Carolina brought out the ineptitude in the Saints offense that we saw on Sunday because they dominated the line of scrimmage. The blitzes were from all over the field and creative, and Jameis Winston was unable to find any rhythm at all at any point of the football game. It also shows a lot about uh, the Saints' confidence in Andy Dalton because if you have the confidence in Andy Dalton, you got to bring him in when you're starting quarterback, the future of your franchise more than likely is out there playing hurt like that and taking a beating, but they never brought him in. And I was really shocked about that. I, uh, I was sitting in two fifty five, and it was hilarious listening to all the Panthers fans in that section. Like, why aren't they going with Andy Dalton? Here's the reason. I don't know how much it would have mattered, right? Like for, I don't understand Jameis was getting hurt. I don't know what Andy Dalton was going to be able to do against that pass rush that Jameis Winston wasn't already doing.